Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. My guest today is a wealth management expert with over 15 years of experience in the financial industry. Her background is in economics and throughout her career has worked at some of the top banks in the world. She is currently the director of an investment group where she helps her clients with managing their wealth and financial planning. She is also the founder of the exclusive Smart Fortune community where she provides financial planning advice to the members in addition to conducting live interviews with industry experts with the aim to support and educate people on managing their finances. During this episode, we discussed her experience working in the financial sector. She shares with us her knowledge regarding investments and planning your financial future. And we talk about the importance of diversifying and creating multiple streams of income to successfully create wealth. She is someone who wants to help people as much as possible. Her mission is to change the way financial advice is delivered by ensuring it's introduced at an early age and making the information available, clear, and useful for everyone across the globe. And the last message she wanted to share with us is to stay positive, be positive, make the most of what you have, and to focus on the good and not the bad. Please welcome to the show, the amazing Miss Sophia Bati. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm really excited to speak to you. And um, so the few, for the people who don't know, me and you connected through LinkedIn. And it's so funny that I was actually speaking to a friend recently and I'm like, the next guest I want to have on the podcast is someone in the investment field because it's something I've been thinking about. And I think, especially now, given everything that's happened, having someone on the show that has the kind of experience that you have would be super useful, not just to myself, but to, I think, a lot of people. So I'm really excited to speak to you. But for the people who don't know, before we get into all the nitty gritty details of that, why don't you give all of us just a little background about yourself and we'll take it from there. Sure. So um, I've been in uh, financial um, advisory and wealth management for over 15 years now. Um, I, I started at university. I did a master's in finance and investment. Um, and then from there on, I've just had my foot in financial services ever since. I've worked for some of the top international banks. Um Spent most of my time in London and then moved across to the UAE. Um, and I've just been in the same profession, um, but I, I love it. Uh, I have a strong passion for it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And have you always been passionate about like finance from when you were younger? Or how did you like kind of fall into it? Yeah, good question. No, I um, so I actually enjoyed economics, which kind of got me into university. So my degree was in economics. Okay. I started with that and um yeah, and then slowly I started to get more interested in the wealth side um, and, and investments. And part of my degree was a little bit about investments and things like that. And then I wanted to do further studies in that. So I did, um, as I say, a master's in investment. Um, and yeah, I, I just I just enjoy it. And I think if you do it right, you can help people substantially as well. So, you know, it's a, it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's so funny because I my background at university was also finance and economics. Yeah. And uh, after after university, I was looking for a job and all my friends would tell me who are in the finance world, they're like, Khaled, this is not for you. Like your character, your stuff, like don't do this. This is not what you're gonna like to do. In the end, I never entered, you know, entered the field. I liked finance because Growing up, you know, like, I'm like, okay, business just happens. I didn't know what that meant. But then getting into finance, what I liked about it is that you really understand how does business work? How do like thinking of investments and so on. So I really like that. But economics is where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, I did it, but I'm like, this is not my thing. It's just, I, I just couldn't connect the two. It was, it was too macro. It was too macro for me. I like the financial side that was more tangible. Yeah. So like you said, you worked for... The big banks i think you covered most of them you did barclays hsbc lloyds so i think you've covered you, you've yeah. covered your bases pretty well True. um so when it comes to investment and like wealth management is there 
a standard like formula or like a rule of thumb that everyone should follow or is it very dependent on person to person could you walk us through like what's the psychology behind that yeah so definitely it varies um and the reason being there's a couple of factors that that affect um you know one's um investment appetite if you like and 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 and, and it depends really on risk uh, one of the things is, you know, you know, how much risk are you willing to take? Um, and, and as you know, you know, the, the more risk you can take, the, the, the returns can be higher, but then also, you know, you can make higher losses. So exactly. that is, is quite interesting. Um, and lower risk, obviously, lower returns. But then, so risk is a massive factor. Risk, um, yeah. Also the time. So, you know, are you looking for a short-term investment? Are you looking for much longer-term are you looking for retirement type of plans, which are really long term? And therefore, again, the to- sort of investments that you look at differ depending on, on, on the time. You know, is it short, medium, long, for yeah. example? So that's another factor. Um, and with that, obviously, age experience as well. You know, if it's a first time you're going into investing, maybe start somewhere a little bit, you know, um, not cautious, but, you know, not go all in um, and, and put all your money into something that's really... Uh, volatile so again all these things really um, really help one but you need to kind of look at all of these factors when you're when you're looking to invest yeah Uh, really really you know um, it's really key Um, yeah I think that they're the main sort of points to to consider to consider uh, so you've mentioned risk, time, and your age or your experience. Those are the three main factors that are going to play into that. Now, on the risk aspect, because I think risk typically, if correct me if I'm wrong, is more of a character kind of thing. You know, as, as your personality, are you more of a risk taker or do you like things a bit more, you know, like safe, as you said? Because, and is it short term versus long term too? Now, I think a lot of the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, people like that short term you know they want that quick return they want that quick thing but usually that is quite risky and what i've learned from my, like the research i've done is that typically the most successful people are the ones that go for more long term you know i won't i don't want to make x uh, let's say i double my profit in like one month two months but i can like six seven times my profit in like three years so a lot of people this is you want this because like you you know it's that val- instant validation you get what you want but typically research shows that the longer term is what is usually most effective what would you think is that does that hold true or how do you go about that yeah it it does so you you you, you're exactly right um the longer term i mean and and all studies and if we even if we look at like the equity market for example stocks and shares you know if you look at the way uh the trends always over five to ten years um you know you you will make up if, if if you're if the markets are down now um they will come back up and that's why you know um, we, we always say that when the markets are down, it's the best time to actually invest in the markets um, because you're waiting for that, that you know peak. that that peak. Um, but yeah, it's always the long term. So you know, if you look at um, sh- stocks and shares in the equity market in, in, for a short period of time, it might not look great. But if you if you extend it and look at the longer term window, it will always um, you know it will always produce po- positive returns in comparison to any other asset class. So long term is, is is the way to go um i know we can be impatient uh, <laughs> at sure. times and we would just want to make money really quickly um but that's uh you know that's really uh taking a high level of risk and it's like you know um you can probably compare it to 
putting money into anything really and just hoping uh, it will make some money. But if you're looking strategically, then long term, long term right. is the best. So could you? So would it? Would I guess the safest or the most logical thing to do be? not take such a risk and go for a long-term or kind of long-term investment still be quite risky? No, I mean, it depends on what you put your money in in, in the long-term. Uh, usually longer-term investments, a lot of your um, money is put into, um, you know, into the equity markets. Usually that's the way to go when you're looking at long-term investments. Um, but, you know, there's nothing to say that you, you can put a small amount into something different as an alternative investment, but as as your main sort of long-term investment or, or, or something that you want to make some money out of, yeah, you, you have to look at it long-term. And, and usually it is the markets that will make the money for you. Um, all the other things that come and go are just trends that, you know, that, that sound good for a short period of time. And some people make money and then a lot of people lose money. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, yeah. Were you ever involved in like daily trading and like the stock market and so on? Do you have experience in that field at all? Um, not, not really, you know, not really that because, uh, they're sort of more, um, sort of stockbrokers and all yeah. of that. So that's never, okay. no, I've been more sort of overall wealth management and portfolios and, and, and looking at all of that. So yeah, that's sure. mainly my expertise. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I was just curious because I know some people who have like, who are invested in the stock market and they just sit at their computers and it's like daily, like all this, like points that yes, go up yes, and you know what right, I mean? And I'm yeah. like, how do it's, it sounds like a big headache. Yeah, no, that, that, that is a headache. And yeah. I, I have looked at it a few times in my life, but then looking like, at what was going on, I thought, no, actually I'll stick to what I'm doing. Sure. So um, you mentioned, so 15 years of experience in wealth management. Now, could you explain to all of us, what does wealth management mean? Cause I, I personally don't know. So could you walk us through like yeah. what that entails? So, so wealth management to me, you know, it covers um, all aspects of your life. It actually is managing um, not only financial, but even your your personal in a way. And, I, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, if I'm managing your wealth, uh, I need to know um, all about your circumstances. You know, are you married? Do you have children? Are you intending to marry? All these things, because... If I'm putting something into place for you in terms of investments or anything, really, um, I need to know what's happening with your life as well. So it's it's a it's like a life plan when you're well when you're managing someone's wealth. Okay. Um, I go as far as you know finding out more about the um, the family, um, you know, parents. Where are they? What are they doing? All of these things because they all form part of your overall financial plan and if you're managing someone's wealth properly you really need to know a lot about them um family career what their intentions are um you know um what else even um hobbies and things can make a you know if, if you've got a very expensive hobby for example we need to factor that into mm. when we're looking at your wealth. So it's things like that, that a lot of people don't realize and they just think it's sitting with someone and just saying right well I want to I want to invest X thousands of dollars into something. Yeah, that's it. But it's not. It we sounds need like to you have to whole... make a much deeper connection with like a person to manage it correctly. Exactly. And then yeah. also these investments or whatever it is that you're advising on, you know, the, the tax situation, for example, in the future, if they're moving to a country where, you know, the, the tax obviously here being in the UAE, we, we don't pay any tax. But, you know, you need to factor in, well, will they be in the future? So there's a lot to consider wow. managing someone's wealth. And tax is huge um, as part of a wealth management sort of process. 
Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's uh, lots of factors and lots of, for me, I look at it as a big plan where you are now, um, you know, and, and where you're ultimately going to be as well. It all kind of, it all fits together. Yeah. And so if I'm a client, I came to you and I'm Sophia, I want you to create a wealth, a wealth management plan for me. Do do I need to have a specific goal I'm trying to reach and you create a plan to help me reach there? Or is it just you take a look at what I have and you're like, you, and you advise me, I think this is the best way forward for you to, you know, generate two or three times what you're mm -hmm. making now. But both. Both. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you can have a goal, for example, uh, you know, I want to buy a property uh, and, and this is what my, my goal is. Or no, I, this is what I have, but I want to make the most of it. So what can we do? And, and yeah. Or we, we have two things going on at the same time or, or many things. But yeah, it's both. It's both. Okay. And what do you find typically is the biggest challenge with creating these kind of plans? Is it the person that you're dealing with and they're not very clear on what they want or should do? Or is it that there's just two, like this is the number of factors that you have to take into consideration to create something, you know, pretty solid? Um. No, usually, you know, um, it's it's like almost like interviewing the person when they come to you for okay. advice. So okay. you, you, you find out lots of information um, and then you devise something with them. Um, I work with my clients a lot in terms of, you know, I want to know this is my this is what I've planned for you. Does it make sense? And we kind of make adjustments. The other key factor when you're looking at someone's overall wealth is to make sure you're in touch with them a lot. So there's no point in me you know uh, producing a plan for you and then we don't speak for a long time because so many things change circumstances change you know you might get a better job you may not you may lose a job you know whatever it is but that all affects your your overall wealth plan so I think the key is um you know the after sort of keeping in touch and having regular like contact regular reviews mm -hmm. regular check-ins absolutely yeah it's really important and on and so there's i know in your current company you guys do wealth man, wealth management i believe and financial planning too are those two things two completely different things or does one is just financial planning is just the thing that plays into the whole wealth management thing it's kind of yeah together it's not really two separate things okay. um yeah, a financial plan is kind of the way I've said where we kind of look at where you are, where you need to be and all of that. Wealth management, we take into consideration all the factors as well. When I talk about taxes and all of these things um, that can affect your financial plan. But yeah, wealth management kind of takes into account the full full range. Um, the insurance as well, that all comes part of it. Um, insurance pensions all of these things just covering everything so wealth management is more like coming to you for financial planning and coming to you for wealth management this is just a, maybe a subset of the over and then the wealth management is a much bigger picture that you have to take into account everything correct okay i understand yeah. that. okay that's cool and i saw on linkedin you you said that your mission is and there's two parts to this was to make to change the way financial advice is given so what have you found are what are the issues with the way it's been typically given, like in your experience and what you've seen and to the majority of people like a normal person like myself? And how do you how do you do it differently or what do you see? How do you like to convey your message differently? Yeah. So I think this became really apparent when I moved out to the UAE um, in, in, you know, in, in the UK, in London. Um, my role was very advisory. It was adding value. Um, and I came across to the UAE and it was almost like a sales role here um, and it was literally 
having a very quick chat and then producing something for someone to sign and and let's get the money mm. into a plan without any consideration without finding out much about the person so um my when i say that my my mission is to change the way things are done because i think our role as a whether you're a financial planner or whether you're a wealth manager is to add as much value to a person as possible so if someone comes to see me even if i don't you know uh, invest any money for them for example i want them to feel like they've had some value by coming to see me so okay. i want to give them as much information as i can to help them um and somehow you know better better their situation by sure. coming to see me so yeah. giving them some tips and some ideas to do things um you know and that's all part of so for example i had a client the other day you know as part of their financial review um, you know, they had a, a massive, a big mortgage out here. Now, I don't deal with mortgages personally, okay. but what I did advise them to do was to have a look at that mortgage again. It's been years since they set it up. Perhaps they can reduce the amount they're paying into that uh, mortgage to help them in terms of, you know, free up some more money for them. And that's part of their overall financial plan. Um, you know, I didn't have to look at all of yeah. that and the nitty gritty, but I do. That's just the way I am. So that's my my mission is to kind of help people as much as possible give ideas and tips give ideas and yeah. tips and just add like you said just add value to and you think is it is the biggest issue do you think is it that there's a lack of information out there for them like for you know the general population or is it that there is a lot of information but it's not being conveyed in a way that you know normal people would like understand like what that means and how it does affect them so, you know, on, on the on the net, there's plenty of information, you know, yeah. you can Google that. Yeah. But I think when it comes to finances, people like to speak to somebody, um, whether it's, you know, on, on the phone or personally face to face. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times uh, in the UAE, um, you know, when people try and ask someone for help, they don't really get great advice. You know, people just want to see someone um uh, literally they just want them to take something from them buy a plan or take an investment or set up a, a savings plan they don't want to give any more information because it's wasting their time or whatever it is that's the way they see it because okay okay i don't know that's the the, the, the way it is um you know for, for me i don't have that kind of you know my my way of doing things is very different um i enjoy talking to people um and <laughs> You know, if I can give some information that will be helpful, then I'm happy to do that, even if I don't get anything from it. And and to be honest, the way I see it is, you know, if you can help someone somehow, as you say, you know, it, it will come back it and comes back, yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter. So. Yeah. And you said that this became like this like kind of mission of yours became more like pre prevalent when you came to the UAE. Was it so back in the UK? Was it a bit was it a little bit different, like how people would handle situations? Yeah. So the. In the in the UK, um, you know the regulation is 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 high. It's tight regulation there. Um, and you need to be qualified to a very high level to become a a wealth manager or a financial planner. Okay. Um, those things at the moment in the UAE are not quite there, and that's okay. probably why um, you know that there's different information um, being given out there. Let's let's put it that way. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So there's yeah, the, I guess the the standards are a little bit different. Of so someone here could be giving advice, but they don't probably have enough experience to be giving the right kind of advice. Correct. Okay, I got you. Is, do you have any no names? But is there like a story that you've heard that someone has just gotten some like terrible advice and like what did they like say? Well, there's plenty of there's stories. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of stories. Um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, we I hear all the time where, you know, people have been given, um, I think that the most common really are these regu regular savings plans where um, people are just putting money away for the long term, not being explained the real terms and conditions and charges and all of these kind of things behind these plans. Um, and yeah, uh, and these things are all key when it comes to these plans. So, um, you know, I've heard of, unfortunately, a lot of people have lost money on, on, on these sort of regular savings plans more than anything else and uh yeah um what can you do uh, yeah i guess live and learn <laughs> for sure okay that's interesting so regular savings seems to be the most you know common pro problem yeah. that people are facing here and you also said that you wanted it to be introduced at an early age and i thought that was very interesting because i was thinking about it made me think about growing up and in both in school and in university, okay, university is a little bit different. If you entered like the financial field or you entered the economics field like we did, you will under you'll have a bit of an understanding about you know financial like literacy and money and so on. But for other people who don't, you never really learn about that kind of stuff. So you get into the real world, you have a job, even if you're young, 22, 23, no matter what age you are, and you don't understand how kind of money works so why do you think that was never been a priority for us growing up in you know and in, in, in our institutions that we've been through it's yeah this this is a problem that's um you know and i think it's i still believe it's there it's something that we should be tackling at a young age yeah. in while we're in these institutions while we're at school college whatever um it's just basics of learning to deal with debt as well and not having debt i think mm you know, the era of credit cards came out where it was so easy to just buy things on your credit card and, you know, we'll deal with it later type of scenario. Exactly, yeah. Um, which has caused a lot of people, and, and especially young people as well, to get in, in, in huge amounts of debt. Um, but the, to the contrary also, it you know, just saving a small amount um, at a younger age, something affordable, um, the, the you know, the earlier you start it, the better it is. And that amount then compounded over the years. And, you know, there's various examples where even if you, you know, the minimum amount per month into um, some sort of investment will, will yield you huge amounts in the future. So the sooner they start or the sooner you start, the better it is. But no one really advises you on that when yeah, you're young. Exactly. And, you know, these two elements, I think debt and um, just saving even a small amount, um, and everybody can do it pretty much if you've got a job and you're young you can afford to put a small amount away and and one of my um i did a sort of a tip video one of them was literally set something up that leaves your bank account every month without you actually seeing it so it's automated okay. done um and that way you won't even feel it's coming like and yeah, it's yeah, literally yeah. just gone and it's building <laughs> yeah yeah um but you know that over some years that amount that's going into so, into an investment will be you know it'll be huge and it's it's so important so yeah one of my messages also you know is really trying to help um get that message across in into um in front of and getting in front of younger people as well and explaining these things to them before it's too late yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i think like i think you said it perfectly before it's too late uh, like even myself even though i studied that i still wouldn't say I have the financial literacy that I would want, you know, moving forward. Like I'm 30 now, so and given everything that's happened. So let's say I'm a th for me and for people who are like my age right now, you're 30 years old, you're single 
and you but you know you maybe get married in the next few years whatever what how should we start thinking about like our investing our money because on the example that you said that take some you have something that can be taken out every month but you're saying it is that to stay in your bank account or you're taking it out to go towards some type of investment because there was a guy i follow called grant cardone and he always talks about you know make it making your money work for you that's how you grow your wealth that's mm-hmm. how you have to do it leaving it sitting in a bank is kind of like it's dead you're losing like it's if anything you're losing you're not gaining losing. so what do you th- what do you think about that is is that what people have to start doing start becoming more i guess willing to make those investments yeah absolutely and and that's a, that's a point so leaving it in your bank um interest rates are low um and inflation you know it eats up it's like eroding your money year by year so the more you leave in your bank account over the years you're actually losing money by leaving it in your bank mm. um so yeah the concept of making your your money work harder for you or, or you know that is that is a concept and and that's what you know that's what we mean by investing into something that's going to work with you you know grow your grow, money exactly yeah um and then as your situations increase then you can sort of you know, have some um, real estate as part of your, you know, that's going to work for you, have other things. But yeah, definitely as as a, as point one is to put your money into an investment that's growing your money, not leaving it in the bank. And even if it's a small amount to start with, do that. Um, and, and yeah, and, and get going. I think the sooner people make the, you know, the, the move to, to, to put their money in into something that will grow it, the better it is really, to yeah. be honest. Then I guess the next question becomes, yeah. so let's say now we, I know that I need to invest my money into something. That would be the smart move to do to start growing my wealth. Yeah. The question then becomes for like someone like me or someone who has no idea about like investments. How do I, where do I start? What, do what should I invest? <laughs> you know, even not, in, and even let's say the low, low risk, whatever yeah, it might be. Yeah. If you, I don't like even myself, I'm like, I wouldn't know where to start. I'm like, okay, I want to invest, but I'm like, yeah, okay, where? where? I don't know what to do. Yeah. What would you, how, what advice would you have for that? Yeah, so for, for for that, for the first, you know, to start off, I would go for one of these, um, you know, like a portfolio, which is managed um, for you. So, uh, you know, even if you start quite low risk, which is, um, you know, high high in bonds and, and, and things when you're looking at asset classes um, and some inequities within the portfolio, start with that because that will will basically give you an understanding of how investments are working, what's it's growing and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, as I say, as your experience increases and then your wealth increases, you know, it, it's all adaptable and then you'll start to look at different things. But as a as a good way to, to make a, a start would be, yeah, just put some money into like a an investment portfolio. These are usually um, set up by financial advisors, <laughs> or, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 who you, you would need to see um, some banks as well, but yeah. Yeah, but probably yeah, like you said. So best. So I guess the best advice is to start <laughs> reaching out to potential financial planners and so on and start putting together some kind of portfolio to start, you know, yeah. growing your money. And you've mentioned experience a couple of times. What do you mean by experience? Is that just experience in working or is that experience in investing? In investing. In investing. In okay. investing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's quite important because if you're not sure, if you've never done it before, there is no point you going into a really high risk or a... Um, you know, a new fad investment that's just 
come into the market just because it sounds nice or someone else has invested in it. You just kind of have to be a bit more strategic, I, I think. So that's why um, once you've you've tried and you've invested, then you, you're kind of experienced, then your experience levels are a bit higher. You understand how yeah. they work and then you know you can look at other options but that's that's what i mean by that. okay so yeah just learning how i guess just first of off just learning how to invest what does that look like in the lowest risk way possible and then just building and like you said adapting as you go along correct yeah i think that's some good advice i'm gonna have to I might reach out to you after this <laughs> <laughs> sure. um and um so you've been working in this field for about 15 years what's the biggest lesson that you've learned during your time working in this field because I think during that time, there's a lot of things have changed in the field. There's been a big evolution. So how has the, like, the field evolved during your time? And what would you say the biggest lesson that you've taken away from? Yeah, so it has been a long time, um, which I, I don't know if I want to admit. But yeah, <laughs> I, and I have seen lots of um, ups and downs in yeah. you know many things, whether it's economies, markets, countries. Um, yeah, I think, you know, my my biggest takeaway from uh, all of that is how important it is to have a good financial plan in place um, to, to kind of that something that is, you know, it's hard to say, but that can help you in situations. And, you know, if you have a, um, a good plan that's distributed well, so you're balancing your assets in different asset classes as well um you know if your overall plan has some property in it for example some shares in it if markets are doing badly um and and your shares are really low at, at a point in time at least you might have something else in your overall wealth portfolio that's doing well so you're balancing mm. yourself out yeah um i think that's that's been quite key to have um, and, and normally, it doesn't matter how, um, you know, how intellectual you are or, or, or you need someone to sit and advise and look at your situation. You need someone else to look at it for you. I think that's a big, a big um, uh, takeaway from from my experience as well. So, you know, when you're looking at it yourself, you're like, yeah, OK, I've got some money there and I'll do this and I'll do that. And you just talk to yourself and you think it's fine. Um when you've got somebody else looking at it, questioning you, and what if this happens, and what if mm. this, it, it's different. So, yeah. you know, it is really important to have um, things in place. And also, um, really, you know, looking at situations in, in case things go wrong, um, you know, and, and things happen, and, you know, life happens. So, have you protected your your assets and your wealth for, for that? Or yeah. have you thought about that as well? Um, the last thing you want to do is something happen you haven't really planned for Plan, it. Yeah. I know you can't plan for everything, but you can kind of um, look at situations and, and kind of try and sort of plan for, for certain things that, that could happen yeah. in one's life. So, yeah. yeah. So having a some like a financial plan, number one, to offset against, you know, any disasters that might happen, like, for example, <laughs> what happened this year. Yeah. And uh, having a third party, like someone outside to sit down, advise you and to give you a different perspective on what you're doing. Because I think sometimes with investment, if I'm not mistaken from what I read, mm -hmm. is a lot of the times it's very it can be very emotional, not logical. And that might be where you know the mistakes make uh, mistakes are made. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, it is very emotional as well. Agree. Yeah. agree. So having the outside perspective is what kind of takes 
it allows you to kind of remove that emotion and someone can take a look at it for you and really understand that yeah and given everything that's happened this year as we said like having a financial plan is probably well it should be if anything now top of mind for everyone like moving forward because i don't think i don't know about okay, companies is a different thing but individuals might not this i think a lot of people i could be wrong but i don't think so i probably didn't have a financial plan in place myself included so what's what advice would you have for people now about investing because given everything that's happened jobs have been lost people are probably everyone's trying to like rest, companies are firing people you know what i mean but getting let go so each dollar each dirham whatever is becoming that much more like valuable and you're going to think another maybe 20 times before you invest that kind of thing so what advice would you have for people now given let's say they've been affected negatively what's the how do you bounce back and now how do you start looking kind of looking forward yeah um i think the first thing to do is um start building up a bit of a what i call is like a bit of an emergency fund as well okay so if you know if you've unfortunately been in a situation where you've lost your job or you've not been paid for x number of months which is quite common as well um you know instead of just jumping into right so i need to invest some money which you do um i think the first point would be build up a bit of a a an emergency contingency fund for yourself um just in case so that you can cover your you know costs and 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 and, and um you know living costs really yeah um once you've built that then definitely you still need to start looking at i know it's hard when you've had a bit of a bad year and all of that yeah exactly yeah um but i think you know if you look at overall um it will it will benefit you and your families if you do look at um you know your your investment plans again um and as i say you know if 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 it, even if it means starting small but start again um and start building uh you, you know for, for sure um what else would i say now it 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 has been i mean nobody would have uh, expected what's happened this year yeah i don't think anyone could have predicted that um you know it's it's completely uh, thrown many people um but i think you know it's is a matter of learning from it and just thinking about right so if it happened again well, god forbid it happens again but <laughs> i don't think we can do another one <laughs> you know how would i have done things differently and if your finances were not on point Mm. start now so start thinking okay well now i've learned from that let me start to to build my future um and and it, even if it means starting from scratch you know you might have, yeah a lot of people some, might have to yeah yeah in some cases i've heard you know i know that all their savings have have been diminished because of all of this that's happened and it's unfortunate but you just kind of have to pick up from there and say okay now let's look forward let's be positive and let's start again um and yeah you know it, it can be done it yeah. can be done and like you said so putting so the two things would be or the two main things is start putting together some type of emergency fund and with that like let's say you've lost your job you have you know bills you know all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff so would the smart thing to do i guess then downsize to create you know some kind of gap you know some yes. kind of gap for yourself so you have a bit and then you start the second part of the process correct yeah so i think another good thing to do is really looking at at your your budget your outgoings um you know everything really um that you spend on you really need to have that exercise where you need to sit down and and go through everything and there's always ways that you can reduce your outgoings without you know if you don't do sit down and look at it you won't know 
And yeah. you forget things. Yeah, no, true. Yeah, yeah of course. You forget the whatever you're paying for, whatever, and, you know, things just leave your bank account. It's so important to have a look at it properly again and say, well, what's that? What's that? Mm. So that's a really important exercise to do. And you're right, you know, depending on, on your situation, look again at your rent, look again at your cars and things like that. You know, can you can you look at um, renegotiating some of these things if if it will free up some more money? Um mortgages rent whatever it is that you're doing it, it, it can help yeah um but yeah you know really looking at your outgoings and then you know obviously if your income's reduced and you need to make sure it's balancing out and, exactly, and, yeah. and yeah and you, you talked about that gap that's true then we need to start looking at you know once you have a surplus of income then start doing number one <laughs> and then number two <laughs> number yeah two. But if you're in a situation, no, don't go straight into start trying to put money. You you can't physically. So, yeah, start doing the exercise in terms of looking at your outgoings and, and, and trying to work things out from there. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's really, really good advice. Um, And so given this year, given everything that's happened, I'm guessing your clients have been going, you know, crazy with everything that's happened. So what what has been the common, I guess, issue that kind of spreads across most of them? Is it, of course like business not doing well given fine but are there other things that maybe other people are not aware of that we know are like business about businesses that we're not taking into consideration um i'm trying to think of a common no so i mean the, the main thing which is probably you know a, a lot of clients and a lot of people i know have had to pivot their business um in terms of change the way they've conducted their business from whether it's gone from face-to-face to to online Mm, yeah that's been a major major thing um and in some cases i've I've heard of people that you know who've had to completely change what they've been doing so you know like literally they've been running their business for years but the pandemic has just completely you know they've lost everything in terms of they have zero clients because you know there there's some industries that are you know luxury for example um people just will not spend yeah. on these items or whatever unless they have to of course um so you know i think a lot of people have they've retrained in some cases as well they've changed their career i've heard of so many stories um obviously the ones that have been forced to change because of you know obviously the the, the main sort of um industries were sort of travel um f and b these industries were hit hard yeah um for sure. during this sort of whole period of time it seems as though slowly that there has been some movement so um you know that will pick up but yeah many businesses have changed i've heard a lot about um companies have really gone into smaller commercial premises now they don't need the big offices true yeah yeah um so that's a huge uh, you know that, that that's huge in terms of the whole economy really so people are just opting for very small offices and allowing people to work from home um, and have very small presence in, in actual offices. So this has changed the way w- we're doing business, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've heard the contrary in some countries. I know in the US, there's a, there's a trend where people are moving into larger properties, as in really? residential properties, because they're working from home and they want bigger spaces <laughs> to, to, to work from. So they've gone from small congested apartments yeah. to larger houses on the outskirts of, um, of cities just... Because, you know, so there's different trends in different countries. And yeah, it's uh, it's lots of things going on that's changed yeah. the way we've done what we're doing business. And 
everything really the way we're living yeah yeah exactly masks everywhere and like all that kind of stuff but that's so interesting that in the states people are like getting bigger places now i would have never thought that anyone's getting bigger anything at the moment that's what i thought and then i i i saw this uh yeah i had a conversation with someone there and uh, i read a report and it was true wow. it's happening so there you go that's very interesting and on the part that you said about how businesses have had to pivot and shift to online and like you said a lot of them now are you know renting out smaller spaces because people are working from home so do you think now given everything that's happened because this is my this is what i think so before the pandemic especially here particularly here because when i was li- working uh, in amsterdam working from home we used to be in one of my companies we were allowed to work home one day a week and it was like a given and it was fine and no one said anything but i feel th- over here particularly it's a very cultural thing like you're not tech if you're not in the office i don't think you're working and everything now it's been in covid for eight, eight months now something yeah. like that yeah so and this has proven that you can okay the l- world has still run on you know you it was okay if your business was affected i'm sure it was but work is still being done and people are working from home so now do you think moving forward there is a need for an office i think there are benefits i'm not saying there's no benefits to it there are but is there really a need now in 2020 for anyone to have an office probably not <laughs> yes yes probably you not. Agree, yes um <laughs> yeah but you're right and i don't know whether it, it is a a cultural thing in this part of the world but i still feel that there's people that need that are going out and working in in their office yeah. or, or you know it's it's very strange but i don't think we're going to get 100% working from home and no office we yeah. may get smaller offices um yeah but uh, no i i agree with you i don't think that really there is a need um but yeah 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 but it's all about like i know the argument people say is uh <clears throat> typically is like oh you need the that human connection you need the interaction listen i'm not saying when you're in an, if you're all together in office you might be able to get things done quicker fair because you can just talk to the person right there i don't have to like zoom you or like Mm. message you and you might be doing you know god knows what you're doing but now is like it's just proven everything and this is the thing that bothers me is that i still hear about like a lot of my friends whatever that they're back in the office because their bosses or whatever they're like you need to be in you just need to be in the office and it's just there's no logic behind it it's just i this is something that i want and now because you're employed at this company you have to follow and that frustrates me a lot it's very very frustrating because i'm like there's no need honestly there's no need yeah but i think we're not going to get you know fully get uh, out of this whole uh, they, yeah you're right yeah. we're not we're not um, i think it's wishful thinking <laughs> yeah yeah and so moving forward now given everything that's happened with um like this year do companies do you think now need to start like thinking about how they're going to work differently because a lot of, like you said a lot of them have had to pivot so now moving forward do you think there needs to be like there, may, there might be more of an emphasis on you know remote workers you know might that be a bigger thing like you can have people like all over the world working you know for the company or like, do, does the model have to change now on how we like do business do you think uh, yeah and i think it has changed yeah overall um you know, it, it definitely has. Uh, we and and we've seen it here locally. Uh, you know, where they they've made the shift in in terms of allowing um, f- 
you know the visas for people to come and work uh from from abroad here and yeah. you know so there that's a shift in in mindset um but yeah i mean it, it does create more opportunity to be able to work uh, you know anywhere around the world this is like you know it's opened up the world to everyone now yeah. um everybody knew it could be done but nobody was really doing it so exactly. you said it perfectly yeah. you know we all knew yeah in the back of our mind but but this whole year has forced us to kind of get on with it and do it um and even the people who are not tech savvy have got onto the zoom and team <laughs> meetings and whatever and they've been on it because there's no other way exactly um so circumstances have forced people to 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 change um and i i think you know i i believe it has changed the whole business model now for many people and you know, going into into twenty twenty one as well, I, I I would imagine a lot of businesses have changed their plans for next year based on everything, and and has and they whether they like it or not, they've had to put in a lot of remote working type scenarios. Exactly, yeah. Because it's the way forward, um, and you know, to improve efficiency, you have to you have to do it. You, you can't sit and think, well, we'll we'll wait for everyone to come back in. It's not going to happen. So yeah. <laughs> That's you have true. to you have to make the most of where you are and i think businesses have taken that on board yeah on the whole yeah yeah you kind of have to you have to adapt with how everything's changing and like you said they're probably maybe some some companies and some places in the world will have fully like remote working but i think like you said i think the hybrid model is what is going to be the the new norm yeah. you know maybe three days at home maybe you're in the office twice or whatever that might be whatever that might look like um coming back to just the inv uh, on the investment part for a moment um, what are the mistakes that you think or that you see people typically make with investments? Do you understand what I mean? Because I think like, given your experience, like the, there must be some common mistakes that a lot of people are doing. Either they're aware of it or they're just uninformed about what they're doing. So what do you think? What do you see have been to be the common mistakes that people make? Um, right. So for, for this part of the world, let's talk about the UAE and, and, okay. and, and, and the, you know, the way advice is given here. I think one of the most common is um, people not really taking into account, um, you know, where they're going from the UAE. So it's quite, you know, people not all the, you know, not, not always stay here for a long period of time. Yeah. So some people are here for a short period of time. Um, some people go back to their home country. Some people move on to other countries. Um, some of the plans that they've decided to invest in means that they're paying a lot of money into an investment which if they stop paying or reduce the amount has a detrimental effect on their plan and they haven't thought about that so that's a common mistake around here so you know for example if you're you're earning higher than you would do in your home country working in the UAE um, you know you're then paying a high amount into a plan um, not taking into account the consideration that in a couple of years you might be going back to your home country and therefore your you, you know your income's going to go down a lot you can't afford to keep paying into that plan so ah, they're see. then okay. losing a lot of money so that's a mm. massive um you know uh, a massive problem that i've seen so it's so important to take that into consideration um what else so it's hard to comment on different but i think um you know, property can be uh, a, 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 yeah. a, a funny one because actually, you know, the, the benefits of, of property at the moment is obviously the prices are, are pretty low. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's great. Um, however, 
you know, the, the disadvantages obviously are that the supply is massive. Uh, you know, there's lots of property out there. So um, if you need to sell, you're going to be selling, you, you know, you're not going to be selling at a premium. And yeah. also your money is then illiquid. It's in a property. You have to sell the property if you, you know, if you've put your money into something. So that's one aspect that a lot of people um, don't consider um, well enough in in some circumstances, mm, yeah, let's yeah. put it that way. So, um, you know, that's something to, to consider, you know, if you're putting all the money that you have into property, then if you need it, if you need some money fast, you're not going to get it fast. Um, because you have to sell the whole thing. You can't just sell a bit of it and say, I need, I need, you know, thousand yeah, yeah, dollars. Yeah. You've got to sell the whole thing. Um, so that's another thing to, to, to look into. Um, what else would I say is, I guess the other, the, and, and probably my final point is really sure. these sort of, um, fad investments that come along that, um, you know, offer really high, fantastic returns, um, and they kind of fizzle out and people end up losing a lot of money. I'm not going to mention those with you, but, you know, they, they come out, oh, these are fantastic investments, da, 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 da. no one's heard of them. And then some people make some money, a lot of money on them or, or some money. Um, so just that's another big problem over here as well, just to be careful in terms of what you're investing in. And and I always say, if it sounds too good to be true, true. It, it is. Yeah. It is true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That I was gonna in my head. I'm like, that was the phrase that was going on in my head. Like, if there, if someone's over promising something that you're like, you, you, there's, you know, you have that gut instinct that tells you, like, I don't know about that. It sounds great, but there's yeah. probably a lot behind the curtain that you're not aware of. Um, but I think the two things you mentioned were really interesting. That about people that you know, since Dubai is a very like transient kind of place, people are coming in, people come for a few years and they leave. And I never considered that. That whole investment side, like if you go back to your country, <clears throat> you might get you, sorry, paying less. And that's why. And then you get, you know, stuck with what you've been investing in over here. And that starts having a negative effect. I never knew that. And also, I think it was a great point about the real estate is because I didn't even think about that, to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a great time to buy right now because it, it is. It is a great time to buy because the prices are low. But I never considered that second part, which is. Now my money's in that if, you know, if there's a chance that this will depreciate. So even when I do sell it, number one, it's going to be hard to sell. And two, I'm going to lose when I sell it. Mm -hmm. So would you, so let's say now, would you recommend someone to buy a property or would you be like, I don't know, maybe hold off a little bit? What would you say? God, so this is a, this is a tough one. And I have a lot of friends in real estate. This is your opinion. <laughs> not enough. That's not against you guys. It's just her opinion. Um, <laughs> Look, I think, I think with property, wherever it is in the world and whatever the supply is doing, um, I think, you know, if you have money available, other money as well. So yeah. then go for it and have it as part of your overall sort of asset, you know, um, overall portfolio. But if that's the only money that you've been saving and that's all you've got, um, I think it's... It, it's maybe not the best time, especially now here in the UAE, to, to, to buy a property. Um, because, uh, you know, the, the points that we mentioned earlier, you know, if you if you need access to more, unless, so if you've got your, you know, you've got some funds available for emergencies and you've got some plans and investment that you, you're 
quite comfortable that that's there and then you're building up more money to put into property then yes you know I have no issues with that but you know if you're putting everything that you've got into property here right now maybe maybe not the best maybe thing the to best be time. doing especially now yeah yeah okay. I, I think um it's difficult because it sounds attractive with you know the prices it does the yeah even I thought, um, even I thought, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. But then after this conversation, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe it's not the best time. But, uh, but I think, and something that you said that I've taken from our conversation today about when it comes to the portfolio is having multiple streams of income. Like you said, don't have have a diverse portfolio, different right. asset classes, and so on. Because, like you said, if one thing goes down, you might have something else to hedge against it, right? Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yes summarize brilliantly yeah. there but yeah it's true so again if we look at the property example you know if, if you've bought property your property prices are low or your rent's low is yielding a low return at least you have something else as part mm. that's balancing it out and then sure. when property prices go up or and rent goes up you know it, it's all gonna fall into place but yeah it, diversification is key it's it key. really is yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah just yeah. A saying it actually does work yeah don't put all your eggs in one basket as they yes. say exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh i wanted to come on to your i know you're part of two communities uh and you run one thing uh, for yourself for women as well so i want to start with the smart forging community so why don't you tell all of us what is that about what and how did that come to be yeah so smart fortune is um it's, it's a community I've put together. It's a Facebook community, but it is really a platform for me to um, give out as much help and tips as I can to people. It is free. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have got videos on there where I try and explain about, you know, various things. And these are normally common questions that come my way anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So for me to just do a quick video and address that is is, is perfect. And there's probably other people out there, is what my thought process was, that were thinking the same thing. But maybe they don't know who to speak to or, True. you know, if you've got one question or two, you, you don't want to call up a financial advisor or somebody just to ask that. So that's what I want to do with that and I just want to put out as much information as I can I'm still building on it I'm gonna you know have more um you know interviews with with other people in the industry as well so we can keep up to date and all that kind of stuff so it's it's I started it a couple of months ago but I'm building on it but it's for me that's my way of kind of giving back as much as I can yeah yeah to 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 everyone really and yeah um it's it's doing well i've got yeah. some really great feedback from it as well so yeah that's fantastic. awesome that's awesome i love the vision behind that you're just giving you know helping people out with just you know some free advice that probably a lot of people are thinking about i'm curious which video if you know off top of your head had the most like engagement what was the question that you or what was the tip that you gave that everyone's like yes that one or was it that question that was a question that a lot of us have been thinking about um gosh i'm trying to think now uh um, what was it? it? It actually could be the one where I talked about um, diversification. Actually. Oh, really? Okay. I think that was the one that comes straight to mind. Yeah. Um, where I did speak about diversifying and not putting all your, you know, all your eggs in one basket and, and really trying to hedge against uh, different asset classes. I think that was the one that got That the was most. the one. Okay, so I'm guessing a lot of people, I, it sounds from sounds of it, not many people have multiple streams of income you have like either your job or you know your company and that's it yeah so how do you i guess besides is investing the best is investing the best way to start creating some new a new form of revenue stream for you like you have your job 
you said you're putting mo that money aside and you're investing it in something. Is that the easiest way to start creating a new revenue stream for yourself? Or what advice would you have to people to start thinking about what, how to start creating those new streams? So, yeah, I mean, wealth creation can come in, in, in many forms. Obviously, mm. the, 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 the one that I specialize is, is in our investments and, and, and things that will create uh, income in the future for you as yeah. well. Um, but, you know, I think as you start to build your wealth, um, you will start to look at different opportunities. So, for example, you know, you might look at other business opportunities as well, which mm -hmm. do form hand in hand with investments as well. But, um, you know, if you if you're putting money away, growing it, you need to have different pots. So one you might have that you might use the amount of money that you've invested to put into a business, another opportunity again. Okay. So we're then yeah. reinvesting it. Um, you may use the, the, the investment money to, to buy property in the future yeah. when things are different, for yeah. example, because, again, you know, so you, you're kind of reinvesting parts of the money that you're putting away. Um, Usually you have one that's really long term that will just keep on growing, yeah. which is your sort of backup mm -hmm. for the future type of investment. So that you kind of keep going. But the others, you know, you're kind of looking for opportunities to really maximize um, growth. Yeah. Um, be it investments, be it, you know, lot, there are there's lots of ways, uh, whether it's business opportunities, whether it's... Um, you know, it can be property. So I'm not saying totally negative about property, but it can be when the time's right sure. to invest in, in, in something like that that's going to produce some level of income. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, so it sounds, it all sounds kind of like a cycle. You know, you start one thing, you grow some money here, you take that, you invest it somewhere else, it starts generating money, and then it just, you know, keeps doing it. I think what I've taken from it is you have to find ways to be creative with your money. You know, how do you how, think of new ways that you could use it? Think of new ways you could invest it, like you said, in businesses, have something long term that will just like keep going. And maybe you can take a little bit of more of a risk with like something, you know, on the yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. OK, no, that makes sense. By the way, I'm learning so much today. So this is awesome for me. I hope other people are too. <laughs> um, and you also have another community that you're a part of, which is the BNI community. Right. And it, it was interesting. It taught it says it's centered around the givers gain philosophy now. I read about that, but I don't think I fully understood what that meant. So what, why don't you tell all of us, what is that community? How is your, and how has your experience been with it so far? Yeah, so um, BNI is something that has been part of my, um, you know, life since I set up my own company um, in the UK. Um, so I was part of BNI in the UK and then BNI in the UAE. So essentially it's um, uh, a group of business owners usually okay. Um, senior professionals who meet weekly um, and the givers gain philosophy really means um, you're out there to help everyone else um, that's part of your you know we call it a chapter but your group okay um, and your mentality the way it's, it works is your mentality shouldn't be to you know just to take from people so you're not just there to take business or referrals from people you give first mm. so um, and it works, you know, the more you give and help others in, in your group, um, you know, the more that will come back to you. And sometimes it doesn't come back to you straight away. It takes a bit of time, but it will. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's worked really well. I, I really enjoy BNI. Um, you know, I meet great people and I've built a, yeah, quite a, a large, strong network through BNI, um, which has been good. And, and my mentality with that is just try and help as many people as I can get as many referrals to people and then it will happen it's sort of reciprocal really in in, in a way so yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's one of my 
Okay. One of my little uh, side sort of networking yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, things that I'm part of. Yeah, but I think so, but I think that's a great community to be a part of. If that is, if that's this like the focus of it, and if given your experience, it sounds like it's been a positive one. So that's a good thing. Um, but what I've learned also in my experience with the podcast is like the importance of building your network like the people i've connected to in these last like eight months i've gone from like nothing to like wow I'm like okay now i know people <laughs> you know I've, yeah. built, I've built a network and <clears throat> i think what i've learned is moving forward in business and whatever it, that is such an important part for you to like take either take yourself to the next step or open up new doors and has and it sounds like you've had a similar experience with that too yeah no definitely and i think with these networks that you build or you're part of um you know you just need to give as much as you can and and help people and and as i say you know they'll help you in return as well uh, yeah. definitely um so like be a nice one also part of Ascentive, which is another um networking community that i'm part of which is again it's great it's strong um and yeah we, we help each other out there a lot as well so yeah, I've got quite a few. Lots of networking groups. Yeah. Does it take, uh, can it be overwhelming sometimes to be part of so many groups and to be like so active in those groups? I can imagine it would, like, it can be quite draining at times. Yeah, it's 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 pretty hard work. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Because you want to do it right and you want yeah. to do it correctly if you're yeah. like me. Um, but I think, you know, the key to it is is identifying the ones that work for you and your okay. business. Because okay. there's so many out there. Um, and if you try and, you know, be part of all of them, it, it's probably too much. But if you identify the one or two that work for you hmm. and then put the effort in, you'll reap the you'll rewards. You'll reap the rewards. Yeah. No, that make, no, I think that makes perfect sense. Like you said, there's probably a lot of <laughs> a lot of communities and networks out there nowadays. So being um, targeted with the ones that you think work best for you is probably the right move going forward. Yeah. Sophia. First of all, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been amazing. Uh, I've learned so much from you. You have no idea. And I think a lot of people who either didn't know much about investments or are thinking about what what they should be doing now and looking forward, I think they can take a lot from this episode. So thank you so much. For my last question that I ask all my guests is what is the message that you'd like all of us to take home today? Um, I Really, it is to... Um, stay positive be positive um and uh yeah if it's been a bad year for you just erase it and uh you know let let's start from now um you know I, I think uh i think we need to just stay positive and optimistic um and make the most of of what we've got we've got a lot of good things going for us everyone has and just focus on those um and yeah and try and stay happy trying to stay happy <laughs> i think that's a, i think being being positive is great advice i know it can be challenging sometimes of course but look for the good things that are happening and i'll just focus on the bad things that have happened to you as well i think Absolutely. that's what takeaway. yeah yeah 100 percent agree sophia this has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much i really appreciate your time and coming on the show thank this has been you. a great conversation uh guys to everyone listening thank you for your time appreciate it and as always hope it helps peace